Ring in the whores. <laughs> What's your favorite scary movie? Uh, I don't know. You gotta be fucking kidding. That the power of Christ compels you! That the power of Christ compels you! when the whores come in. Here we go. Welcome, everyone, to Wasted Potential Presents Bring in the Whores. Trigger the thing. Okay. (laughs) Welcome, everybody. I am your host, chief editor of this podcast, and now leader of the Wasted Potential Podcast, Shane. Uh, also, I am your god. Uh, with me today, we're going to continue on the theme of bringing the horrors. We'll be discussing creature features. And with us, we have always Ronnie, unfortunately, and <laughs> another guest who just keeps coming back, Dan. Let's start with Ron. Ron, introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Ronnie. I just sit on this microphone and eat chicken wings and scratch cutlery against a plate and don't do anything at all for this podcast. Yeah, I'm glad you could find some time from sucking big dumb movies, cock, to come on this podcast and actually do something. <laughs> it's lovely that you can find the time. I'm all back, right, uh, baby. <laughs> I don't want to hear from you anymore. All right, Danny. Good. <laughs> the goddamn city of Cleveland, Ohio. Fuck yeah, you. Tr- tr- truly is a shithole filled with um, brundle flies. Um, <laughs> There's so many bleeps in the first 10 seconds of this podcast. I got to put in. <laughs> yeah. Good luck. You, you can't say City of Cleveland anymore. You really can't. Yeah. But thanks for accommodating my time change. I know I'm in Ghana <laughs> right now. Um, oh, Dan, why are you in Ghana right now? Oh, I'm so happy you asked, Ronnie. That's a great segue. Uh, I had to move down here because the city of Cleveland's an asshole. I'm uh, now an Arapaima f- uh, farmer Arapaima, down here, so it's great. They, they're in the Amazon, you dumb fuck. Yeah, it's Guanas down it's in South America, Guana. dumb shit. <laughs> it's called Guano. Are you talking New Guinea? Ghana's no. in Africa. Oh, New Ghana, of course. <laughs> it's next to Wakanda. Not no, to Guana. be confused with Old Ghana. <laughs> Just like the movie we're talking about, Guana Man. <laughs> Oh, another creature feature. Um, <laughs> the animal? Yes. Oh, so God. if you are joining in on this, instead of starting at episode one of our Bring in the Horrors series, uh, we are discussing horror films and all of its glories and differences, and then concluding basically with us writing our own horror film. Uh, today we're discussing creature feature horrors, so this is particularly that there is a creature or monster that is killing people and is the focus of the film. Yeah, there our rules were one creature only. Um, in my brain, I thought of like branching out the different decades and types of creatures, but that didn't work. <laughs> so 
No, yeah. we all basically chose the same decade yeah. and the same kind of films. <laughs> I think all within the like a seven year span. But once again, those are yeah. like these are some of the my opinion, some of the best creature features of that time and also just in general. So the premise is we each brought one film to the party. We all watch the films and then we also have like little couple other films that are some of our favorites and we're just going to talk about like tropes and connect like connective tissue between these different movie and just kind of discuss the idea like what makes a good creature feature or what makes a terrible one I guess in some cases yeah and just to start it off like some housekeeping obviously we chose our favorites that doesn't mean that we're stating that these creature features are the best of all time or better than any others like there's a bunch um, hopefully they'll be mentioned, but these are just the ones that we think of when we think of like a top tier creature beach. Yeah. Like for, for me, I picked one that I watched really young. I think you two, like one you picked Shaden is like mm-hmm. your favorite movie almost of all time. And then yeah. Dan, I, when we get to you, I guess you can tell your motivation for why you picked your great film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But funny thing is I've never seen the ones you guys picked. I've only seen the one I chose, obviously. So it was nice to see two new movies and also two great movies, but we can get into that when we start talking about each one. Sounds good. Shane, start us off. What movie did you pick? Okay, well, welcome. Uh, I chose for my creature feature the movie Alien. Because in space, no one could hear you scream. Except if you're on a space station, then everyone can hear you scream. <laughs> Except no one ever <laughs> screams in this movie. <laughs> eh. No, no, not like your classic. The alien scream, does, but yeah, the alien screams. Um. Yeah. So, I chose oh, the movie Alien. This movie, like, just defines horror for me, mostly because when I was far too young to be viewing this film, I think I was eight or nine years old when I saw this film. My grandmother. <laughs> Actually, was like, have you seen Alien? And I was like, no. <laughs> so, like any good grandmother, she sat me down and forced me to watch Alien. Now that I look back, it's borderline child abuse. Um, <laughs> Thanks, Mima. I proceeded until probably Graham, the age Graham. of 15 being terrified of going down dark hallways because mm-hmm. I saw the Alien everywhere. Oh. oh, the hallways in this film. And then once I was past 15, I, you know, started to see boobs. So other things started, you know, there was reasons to go out <laughs> in the dark. Um, <laughs> and uh, I became less afraid and more, I guess, obsessed. I just love the alien lore and everything that is alien, um, except alien versus anything else. Not not, not a fan <laughs> of those. Oh, God. Um, Alien 3, I think, is okay. Aliens is is not a horror film, so I couldn't choose that. It's just a badass film. <laughs> Alien 4 is Alien Resurrection. a cum dumpster, literally. Um, <laughs> One day, I, I think we should do an Alien, like... Uh, series review podcast because that's it's a very fun franchise to kind of dissect. well yeah because there's alien and then there's prometheus where ridley scott just goes i don't like what i made <laughs> i'm gonna change it all and then everyone just quit and then there's avp um, which is basically rob zombies like i got something we can do even though he didn't make any of those 
For uh, clarity, Rob Zombie did not direct that movie. We know this. He did not. There um, was yeah. no cum sluts. Um, Shane, can you... There's, yeah, there's no boobs, so it wasn't by Rob Zombie. Shane, can you give us a brief synopsis for the uninitiated to what Alien is? Imagine you are a bunch of truckers in space. Let's go space trucking. <laughs> <laughs> you are awoken from your sleep pod in 70s underwear. <laughs> you then wander around, proceed to say some off-color jokes because you're space truckers, when you receive a mysterious signal. You find out that you have no choice because in the future, this dystopian future, everything is run by corporations and contracts. You should be familiar with this. <laughs> the most believable part about this movie. Being <laughs> space truckers, you go and investigate <laughs> this signal, and you find that it is a crashed alien ship. You investigate it. Then you procedurally ignore every policy and procedure that exists. <laughs> as one of your members mm -hmm. has a hand penis attached to his face <laughs> from there an alien is implanted into your friend explodes out his chest where you get to see all the actors literally terrified because it, back then you could torture actors and the union would not protect you <laughs> and then a alien creature is on your ship and you being unqualified space truckers try to survive <laughs> And escape this alien. Shenanigans ensues. Sigourney Weaver's a badass. And the alien, the more you see it, the more you laugh as it's just a man who can't see in a suit. <laughs> <laughs> but Ridley Scott does a damn good job at hiding that it's just a man in a suit that can't see. <laughs> so many so many strobe lights. Yeah. Um, to make oh a very, very good claustrophobic horror film that you believe the protagonist is acting in a way that you might act as well. The end. You say you say very good. I say near goddamn perfect. It is I love this one. Very good. I <laughs> even the the horror tropes are explained in a logical way, which we can get into like why protocol was broken, you know? You know, why they go into these dark vents that the aliens in. There's there's reasons behind it. It's not just like, let's all split up, you know. <laughs> yeah. Shaggy Scooby, you and this way. The black guy does not die first. In this. Shout out to Yafed Koto. Yeah, very progressive 1979 hmm. film, and the fact that this was made in '79, you cannot tell. It looks better than a lot of modern. There's only a few instances where you go like, oh wow, that's aged. But. Yeah. I, I think the copy I saw was like redone, like like kind of modified into like HDR. But I was thinking like of all the movies, like this is the oldest one we're watching, and it looks the best of it all looks the movies. Really that <laughs> good. Yeah, I think I watched the director's cut, and it looked like substantially, obviously better than the other two. We're, we'll discuss. But then uh, when they show the alien spaceship, I'm like, that looks pretty fucking yeah, awesome. I'm not gonna lie. In it are like really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the man. Yeah, and the models, I just kept. It's all good. I just kept thinking like, I re recently watched Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three, and I'm just comparing <laughs> both of them. I'm like, holy shit, so Can we do different. A super cut well, of that? 
<laughs> There's a difference in a colorful Marvel movie versus a yeah. claustrophobic, industrial, sterile world that Ridley Scott pretty perfectly makes. Yeah. I think this highlights the key. And it's funny because we're going to get – we go from this where the alien is very conservatively shown or very sparingly used and tension and ambiance is used to create horror to our next two films where – it's just them having fun making the ugliest creature they can. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> I don't know. Like, so the xenomorph. I guess we could discuss this, but like, is there any cooler design for an alien than the xenomorph? That's true. Like, I I know. Um, I forgot the artist's name that created uh, Geiger. Yeah, H.G. Geiger. And and everyone likes to go. You know, he just draws penises, right? And you're like, yeah, that's that's his. <laughs> And once you see it, you can't stop seeing penises everywhere in this film. But then, again, <laughs> that kind of goes into what the xenomorph is on, like, a meta level where it impregnates you. It's a parasite. Mm-hmm. Is it a weapon? Is it just something that exists? Like, there's a, a lot of deeper questions. That's I've probably seen Alien now in the 20s amount. Mm-hmm. You know, probably a lot. I've seen it a lot. And every time I find a new question that is brought up by the film very subtly or like a mystery or something, it does not reveal too much. It just tells you that so the Utani Corporation knows about these things. This isn't their first experience with it. It is aware of the creature, but it doesn't know much. Is it? Yes, because he describes the creature in the way that the Utani message comes in, it already knew that there was an alien life form there. Because remember, it said, like, bring life form back, crew expendable. So that means yeah, that it, had, pri- I thought it, it w- had prior intelligence that there was something there. I thought the messaging was based upon what Ash was telling it secretly. Uh, no, no, because that message that came through that was um, before they made contact. Well the, well, the message told uh, Dallas, like, uh, not enough information yet, so I wasn't sure. But I, I, I knew that Ash was doing something behind the scenes. But it does make sense because Dallas tells Ripley, I had, uh, I had a, a science officer for mm-hmm. five trips, and then last minute they threw Ash on this. So they, I, I guess it does make more yeah, sense. Yeah, so the, they were set mm. up to be okay. infected by this alien. Mm-hmm. Um, Dude, that, that's a lot of work to make him go out and mine, like, was it two million like quantities of ore, and then on the way back, just like send a beacon to do it? <laughs> so fucked. If there was even ore in the first place, oh, we're gonna go Alex Jones conspiracy. No, <laughs> the here we go. Turn the water gay. Xenomorph um. <laughs> ate all the yeah. ores. Turned all the Bud Light gay. Yeah. Goddamn it! <laughs> um, I just love how in this film it is so meticulously written. From every action the character takes, um, mm-hmm. how quick. The one thing I, I know I texted it to you guys. I was like, we just watched three films all under two hours, and they're amazing. And I don't think right. there's any film released in this year that is under two and a half hours and says less. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, the art of tight writing seems to just continuously just fade away. And. You're- Okay, okay. Let me say this really quickly. You, you don't get this, but I get a lot of flack on our social media 
from you say stupid shit like this because there's tons of <laughs> art house and things and films. Major budget movies lack the subtlety what you're talking about. There's tons of movies being made that are under two hours that are good. But you're talking about, you're talking about specifically kind of big budget kind of well, things. Well, right? you know, speaking of the Utani Corp, uh, Disney Corp. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> which owns 87% of all entertainment released today. Um, yeah, that is definitely more of a condemnation to them. Yeah, is there some art house shit being released? Yeah, but I, I'm comparing major features. And anyone else that wants to come at me on social media, here's my fucking address. You can come kick my ass right now. <laughs> okay so what i was thinking is this movie is a horror movie second it is definitely a science fiction mm-hmm. film like it is mm-hmm. slow which is totally my jam it's slow methodical it's sterile it is i wrote down it's devoid of emotion all these people characters i know that they're like, they're like space truckers but a lot of them operate like scientists because like i don't like i said no one screams or has any emotion until the the chest burster comes out of um uh, john hurt like it's all very just like oh happenstance is, is what it is there's no like screaming it's, it's very just kind of like everyone's just super even keel compare that to prometheus or yes. whatever prometheus or even to the other movies we're going to talk about today yeah can't do that, and if you were in my position, you'd do the same. Ripley, this is an order. Open that hatch right now. Do you hear me? Yes. Ripley, this is an order. You hear me? Yes. I read you. The answer is negative. What the hell's going on down there? Which all the all the intense scenes are loud and there's music and stuff going on. So well, as opposed to this, well, I'll, I'll cut in the trailer of the original Alien trailer for this, which is like notorious because they had to get I think pulled from theaters because strobe lights and the screeching. But that's like loud and in your face, mm-hmm. and it's like I think it literally caused seizures in the movie theaters. So like, but like, but like compare that to the actual cut of the film. That doesn't really happen until like mm-hmm. the ending when you have like. And the ship's about to blow up, but most of it's right. super just shot. It's like shot flat and just kind of like almost like a documentary where it's just, it's just very like, this is what's going on. And I just recently saw 2001 Space Odyssey in the film, in the, in the theaters again. I was like, this is very much like that film where it's just kind of like, this is mm-hmm. space. This is like we're watching what these people just do on an everyday kind of basis. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the uh, the first it wasn't like the first five shots are just of the ship, and it just slowly pans in and out, or just scans the ship. Mm-hmm. I for sure got the 2001 Space Odyssey like vibes oh, right off the bat on that one. 
for sure. Yeah. yeah, and then the first horror like jump scare is is it the cat or is it it's oh. either the cat or the egg. Uh yeah, okay. Well, well once again I think it's the cat, yeah. Well, once yeah. again, that's like 30 minutes in. It's 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 mm-hmm. pretty late in there like you wouldn't even know this is a horror film. You'd probably think this is a sci-fi film unless you saw the trailer, which at the time you would you would have, and that would draw you into horror films. It's just, it's just interesting, but like, I like it. I like, I like the blending of the genre, and then it's not the first slasher, but it's definitely the first slasher like in space. Yeah, for sure. Um, and it's really not even that gory. You know, no, like it's very tame. I I mm-hmm. even with like the tongue attack or whatever the fuck that thing is, like. Yeah, in future ones, you'll see their brains explode and stuff. But in this, it's just like you just look at its mouth as it like shakes and drools and then cuts away. Well, we look at the chest burster scene, which is obviously very, very famous. Mm -hmm. Like there's blood splattered all over the walls. And so like that's just that'd be the only like really, truly gory scene. The rest of it's kind of. It's it's more like in the brain, like seeing like the xenomorph like sweating or salivating whatever the hell that is mm-hmm. it just it, that does more yeah. than seeing you know an arm get ripped off or you know etc whatever pops up in modern horror yeah and you're with you bringing up that they're all very cool and collected i'm assuming that they've seen aliens before or they there's an acceptance that alien life exists because they go yeah. into an alien ship see a dead alien and are just like mm-hmm. hmm Hmm. <laughs> Not just a, an alien, like a giant alien. Yeah. Like, like you know, if you mm-hmm. like, it's, it's huge. So, like, they, they definitely understand that there's other life out there because, like, they carry weapons onto the planet. So they they fully know that there is like this is dangerous. But like like I said, this is their everyday life. That they're used to this kind of sh- shit, and it's not until it gets on board and it grows and they start panicking. Yeah. Well, when when the the chest bursting scene, I don't even remember them screaming. I think there's no, there's like, there's no score. It's just the, in shock and awe, just looking at this thing. I'm like, I don't even remember any, anybody like any sound during that I time period. I watched that scene three times. I kept rewinding it because I wanted to see each actor's like reaction. Mm-hmm. And it's so much <laughs> fun because they're all just like, it's, you can't even fake that. They're just like, what the fuck was that? Mm-hmm. Like, because I don't think they were, <laughs> we're fucked. I, I'm pretty sure, and this could be just me, like you know, repeating bullshit, but that none of those actors were really alerted that that was going to happen in this scene. That's it's it's kind of true. So, because like that's a famous kind of myth mm-hmm. is that the that the the sh- the reaction shot is authentic because they didn't know what was going to happen. But that's not totally true because they have to set up the rig right. on the table underneath mm-hmm. it. I don't. I think what, what what's real is the reaction for how gory it is. Like like I mm-hmm. don't think they knew what was fully like the gore and the blood was going to happen. So their reaction is real. But like behind the scenes, you get you set up a whole rig. Yeah, and like I don't know. How John Hurt that. can't actually fall down and actually explode of his chest. So so their reaction is real. But I believe the reaction is how bloody. And just popped up out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think they fully knew what was going to happen. So that is a real reaction. So you're right. It's authentic, but it's not fully authentic. Because you can't pull that kind of That would be thing very talented easily. to pull that off. Still no tricks. There's something in his chest, if you watch that. There's a cushion to the airline in the blood bag. So there's an airline. You can see if you look at his T-shirt. 
There's something under there which will suddenly go. Bang! That's an airline with blood. Right? Now I've got a cut. No, let him ring, you know, charge around a little bit. There's pipes underneath. Now he'll thresh and thresh and hold it there. The thing where he comes out of where he does that, that's when I have the shell screwed to the counter with a, of a chest with his t shirt on. That's why he's bent double. If you run it slowly in a cutting machine, editing me, you'll, you'll see it. Then they hadn't seen him, so that's where they're kind of speechless. The thing where it comes out of his, his near beauty, ah, that was it. Five cameras, I put it together, together that night and decided I had it so I didn't have to go back. But I knew I had something special. That had to be the beginning of the Alien franchise. That was the thing that people went, what? But it is funny because all the actors kind of have this like mouth open, wide-eyed, mm -hmm. and they're just looking at each other like, the fuck was that? <laughs> Someone grab <Yeah>. a gun. <laughs> I think I think because like Flame the explosion power. of like the squibs and the blood that just really shocked him of how bloody it was supposed mm -hmm. to be. I, I, that's what I think. I didn't do any due diligence, but I've I've read a lot of stuff about this because mm -hmm. this movie is fascinating to me. This is only slightly mm -hmm. off topic. After watching this, I wanted to watch Event Horizon, so I watched Event Horizon. And awesome. I just think Lawrence Fishburne <laughs> saying, "That's it, we're leaving." Like, <laughs> should be a part of every space horror ever because it's just the best. We're leaving. Fuck <laughs> it. No, it's it's a comedy shot, and um, and <laughs> since you're gonna mention, it, is there any other like kind of space horror films you guys like? Obviously, Aliens, but uh, it's not space horror per se. No, because James Cameron has 10 million aliens on yeah. <laughs> on camera. <laughs> it's there's, there's not much. It's it's horrifying how they all get what happens to them. But no, it's it's uh, horrifying. Event Horizons yeah. pretty was pretty good. It's kind of it's, so it's kind of silly. The the visuals and the horror and the gore are really good, but the the stupid like the characters are the problem yeah. of that movie. The characters are so annoying. Um, I'm having a tough time thinking of like true space horror. There's one called Life from a couple years ago. It's just an alien remake. It's got Jake Gyllenhaal and some other people. It's pretty good actually, yeah. but it's just alien. But it's done. It's got Ryan Reynolds oh. in it, and Ryan Reynolds is too goofy to be a scientist in a horror movie. I saw oh, that movie God. Passengers with Chris Pratt and what's-her-face? Jennifer Lawrence. I never saw that one, but I don't think it's horror, right? No, but it was horrifying. Yeah, it is. Isn't it? <laughs> I think it's horror. Um, other space horror movies. You got any, Dan? Uh, Jason in Space. Oh, Jason. Very, very good. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. Which brings us to our next creature feature. Um, I saw a really, really uh R-worded one. Uh, yeah. What? What is it? It was really R-word. One to come out of Netflix. Uh, it's with. It's about um. Oh, it's like two and a half hours. It came out recently. It's with uh, what's what's her stupid ass? Is it the girl from Glitter? No. Mariah Carey? Oh, um, <laughs> no, not not Mariah Carey. 
have to look it up. You might have to pause it and hold on. Look... It's it's so stupid. Well, the premise is like AI gets so advanced, but AI is in the moon. Nazis in space. It's a creature. I don't... It takes place on Earth, but then they have to go to the moon and they have oh, to take care moonfall. of it. I don't know. It's, oh, the, it... the the moon moonfall. Yeah. What? Yeah, Moonfall. I saw Moonfall. I Gosh. wouldn't recommend it. <laughs> okay, we're getting off the rails. For your viewing yeah, pleasure, okay. we're going to try and keep this podcast a little tighter than our usual rants and ramblings. I know I know how to I, had to, I had to try at least once. So, Come on. Okay. I, I, well, I'll wrap up Alien with this because I could go on forever on every little mm-hmm. every scene, how Zagorny acts, how the alien acts. How I just love it all. But... um. I think for me, the keys to a good creature feature is limited monster. So you, you don't want to show it too much to where it loses its scariness because it, the more you show something, the less scary it gets. It's just how it works. Um, it can't be too long because a good horror film like comes in, it scares you, and it moves on. If you if you stay in the world too long, it's like overexposure with a creature. Um, like Prometheus. Yeah, and then it has to <laughs> have um, a good, like the protagonist is key because if you don't care about that person dying, then it loses its scariness too. So you you have to be invested in the character surviving. Like Zagorny, at any moment you feel like she could die you kind of know she won't because it's a movie but they do a good job at like she might you know you know it's very you know it's very unique about this movie is obviously because the time 79 like none of these actors are big like almost all of them are either mm-hmm. a list or definitely like kind of b list mm-hmm. horror kind of like working actors but like you wouldn't know Sigourney Weaver is the protagonist at the beginning very true she's just She's mm-hmm. just the, the, the like the pilot who's just very kind of by protocol, and then after about forty five minutes, she kind of takes like yeah the helm. But really, the first like forty five minutes, you have no idea who the main protagonist is. Any of them could have the captain or killed by Captain the, Dallas. Could exactly, have, yeah. The science officer, all those people mm-hmm. could have at any moment become the main protagonist. And I really like that because it's just like these are just average Joes on a daily mission, and then they just get overwhelmed because there's a nefarious company who's doing some bullshit. Yeah. So, uh, do Danny got anything out of Alien? Um, again, this is the first time I've ever seen Alien. Um, the only one I've ever seen that's at the franchise is Alien vs. Predator <laughs> beforehand. So that was a good start to the whole franchise. Um, I wish I saw this without seeing Alien vs. Predator because... I knew what was coming, obviously, because of like seeing, I guess, pop, I guess, culture, because mm-hmm. it's this alien is so famous, how it's so unique and everything. Um, my favorite part of the whole film is probably, or oh, just two parts are my favorite. The one where um, what's his face is getting better all of a sudden, so it's like a little mm-hmm. teaser, like oh everything's gonna be good now, and he starts eating, and I kept and I step in my seat and like do it, <laughs> do it, <laughs> pop out, do it. And then this, then the, the my second favorite part is when the, I don't well, the alien wants to take a nap in the space pod, <laughs> and just curl up in a ball, and then Sigourney Weaver had to fuck up his sleep schedule. I like how it's like, no stop, ah. <laughs> like, stop it's it, ten more minutes, stop it. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but I would say it was funny. Like I, I remember thinking the ending is kind of long, but then I'm like, oh, it's still under two hours. So yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, I have epilepsy too, so this movie fucked me. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching it this morning, and my wife was sleeping, and. I was watching it on my phone, then I put it on the TV, and then, and then like the lights woke her up. She goes, "What the fuck is going on in here?" We're under attack. <laughs> <laughs> well, Get the flamethrower. One last point for me um, that you bring up, Danny, is the actual alien. Um, I do wish I could like fully remember what it was like to see the xenomorph for the first time. It's kind of like seeing. For me, it's on the same level as like watching Star Wars and having Vader say, "I'm your father." It's like what the fuck like like when it comes down out of the chains just being like what the hell is that (laughs) yeah i think this movie just suffers because all of us saw it just way Mm -hmm. too young and and just it's it's such a pop culture staple because like the first time i remember chestburster scene was in space balls like (laughs) like this is the first time (laughs) i saw come on my baby come on my darling yeah come on my honey yeah so like Pop culture has <laughs> ruined this movie before I even saw it, but it still stands alone as like one of my favorite movies of all time. So, we were lost. None of us knew where we were. And then Harry began feeling around on all the trees. And he said, I got it. We are Pluto. And we said, Harry, how can you tell? He said, from the bark, you dummies. <laughs> from the bark. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see the rest of the franchise, um, but maybe not all of them, but all the good ones now after we'll seeing on this the, one. We'll uh, put the agenda. Sure. We'll do a Rocky, Rocky in space. There's enough movies, and they're all uniquely made to talk about the differences. Yeah, and they're all not a slog except number four. As long as I don't have to watch Alien vs. Predator. Oh, we have to. Oh, you will. I'll watch number two. Oh. I like that one. It's like a guilty pleasure. <laughs> Probably a dumb question. Does it go Alien... Aliens and then what? Yeah, that, or then no. Alien Three, Alien Three, Alien Four. Okay, Aliens is two. Okay, just making AVP, sure. AVP, AVP Two, <laughs> AVP Two, Prometheus, and then Postmetheus. And then uh, Alien Covenant because they okay. gave up on the whole Prometheus idea. Yeah. Um, okay, fine. Let's move on. Unfortunately, in this podcast, everyone can hear me scream. Um, <laughs> All the th- three uh, listeners. So yeah. for our next film, Ronnie got to choose his creature feature. So Ronnie, what did you choose as the creature feature to present to everyone? 
I wanted to pick something that was unique and something that I saw way too young as a child as well. It is 1986's The Fly. Or as I like to call it, Jeff Goldblum's reading for Jurassic Park. Because <laughs> <laughs> li- life f- finds a way. <laughs> Frindle Fly finds a way. <laughs> okay, here's my synopsis. Sexy nerd candy, Jeff Goldblum, tries to sleaze his way into reporter Gina Davis's Gina, so he talks, so takes her back to his lab to Netflix and experiment. He shows her his sensual Greek teleporting pods, and she wants to make millions of dollars off of him. Meanwhile, her rapey villain slash boss slash ex-boyfriend is jealous and threatens to ruin Jeff who lives alone's life work. <laughs> eventually, eventually... College Ian Malcolm gets drunk and gets in the telepod to test it on a human, but a fly gets in too. The two combine DNA, and that makes Seth Goldblum super strong and horny like a frat guy. Eventually, he gets all gross and bug-like and knocks up Dottie Hinson, who wants to murder that baby in accordance to Alabama law. <laughs> so Jeff Nye, the science fly, wants to combine all three of them <laughs> in, the, um, in the pod, but rapey ex-boyfriend saves the day. And in the end, Gina Roe versus Wade, Mercy Kills, <laughs> Pretty Fly for a White Guy, and the movie ends in misery. God. Excellent wordplay. <laughs> I forgot about so, I forgot about it so much. I just saw this the other day too. This film oh, is so funny. awesome. And you're just like, what the fuck? Like it is baffling, but at the same time amazing. Welcome to the films of David Cronenberg. Yeah. Like his heroes and his characters are both stupid and awful, but at the same time, you like them, I guess? It, it, you feel sympathy for them. Yeah. Mm. But um, I also, I kept waiting for the moment where you see Jeff Goldblum like fully become fly form, mm-hmm. and it's perfect. It's so <laughs> bad yet so amazing. It's not even a fly, really. It, it's just a, ugh. It, it is this film is weird. And I was also looking at it from today's lens and I'm like, she couldn't kill that baby. <laughs> Supreme Court <laughs> said nah, bro. <laughs> she could take she could take in the pill, she's fine. <laughs> I'm a little late for that. Uh, um so I saw this maybe like 10 or 11. <laughs> so I saw this super young and that's definitely had an effect on me <laughs> of, I love this film. I lo- it was really, okay, this is David Cronenberg. If you don't know David Cronenberg, he's a, a sex pervert. So <laughs> this is a, like, this is like a super sexual movie. Yeah. And all of his movies really are. They're, they're, they're like, there's this, this tension of, of like, sexuality and gore and like the fear of like the human body and like what goes on kind of underneath the skin. So it's, it's also super eighties where everyone's just kind of out for themselves. Right. Gina Davis is just wants to make money, writing a good article. Jeff Goldblum selfishly does experiments because he's unhappy with his life. And then the rapey hero who saves the day yeah. basically just wants to take advantage of Gina Davis, literally lets himself into her apartment and showers. Like it's, it, they're all sleazy and gross, but, and but they're at least understandable and maybe not to Danny, but some might be sympathetic. At least to me to the end, I feel bad for Jeff Goldblum for being a moron. And her ex 
boyfriend <laughs> literally says he's her boss, by the way, mm-hmm. and supposed to end up being her hero, I guess, is like, mm-hmm. how about we just have sex? Like, you know, no no emotion or anything. <laughs> like, just sex. Says that like twice straight up. Yeah. It's the it's the 80s, baby. <laughs> oh, my God. And then he's like, you're not allowed to see him. You're just touching his cock. <laughs> like, it's funny. Because yeah. It's almost like cut in that he says cock. It's like, oh, is that code for his cock? <laughs> dun, yeah. Dun, dun. It's, it's so over the top, but, like, that's, like, the 80s of it. And, and that's the whole, like, the theme of this is, like, selfish desire, right? All these people just have their own self-interest. And Gina Davis eventually feels bad for Jeff Goldblum and kind of, wants to kind of help him but like she's like horrified of him <laughs> in the end because he becomes a prick and a, f- and and a, a better fly word. and a fly a yeah fly what's the most selfish insect in the insect kingdom the fly <laughs> the fly the fly yeah. or the gnat i think we need to shout out this movie for the perfect writing of a three-act structure of getting introduced to our characters and like the problem and like all the things are just dumped out. The movie literally opens with Jeff Goldblum saying, want to see my telepod? Like it's just, it's, just, <laughs> it's so break. <breakneck laughs> and, it's, and it's literally just so kind of like, like, like nothing is wasted. And, and like when they're driving in the car they're like having conversations and she's awkward, but he's like explaining all these things, a lot of visual stuff of like, Oh, he doesn't really have money, but the corporation's giving him money and he's he's either a sleaze bag or he's autistic and then you don't really kind of know what's going yeah, on and you realize okay he has he's selfish but he has c- kind of like an altruistic kind of idea of trying to make the world better with telepods and it just like for me like the horror trope that comes out of this and like all these kind of s- more kind of s- like science fiction kind of man creates monster like mm-hmm. mankind's hubris Consumed is what by leads his us own exactly it's almost like a tragic hero like like basically Mm. pushing science too far gets us there and then obviously as you already mentioned it shane this kind of ties in later with jurassic park like the hubris (laughs) of science going too far so it's it's kind of fun to see jeff goldblum with like the span of seven years do two different science films (laughs) but now he learned from the fly that you don't fuck (laughs) what am i working on uh i'm working on something that'll change the world and human life as we know it Gee, the lack of humility before nature that's being displayed here um, staggers me. Of course, interestingly, at the exact same moment that I uh, achieved what will probably prove to be my life's work, that's the moment when I started being the real me, finally. So, uh, listen, uh, not to wax messianic, but uh, it may be true that the synchronicity of those two events might blur the resultant individual effect of either individual. But it is, uh, uh, nevertheless, also certainly true, I will say now, however uh, subjectively, that uh, human teleportation molecular decimation breakdown and reformation is inherently purging it makes a man a king from the moment i walked out of the pot i felt like a million bucks um i'll tell you the problem with the scientific power that you're that you're using here uh it didn't require any discipline to attain it you know you read what others had done and you and you took the next step you didn't earn the knowledge for yourselves so you don't take any responsibility you stood on the shoulders of geniuses uh, to accomplish something as fast as you could, and before you even knew what you had, you you patented it and packaged it and slapped it on a plastic lunchbox, and now you're selling it. You want to sell it? Well, I mean, what an accomplishment! But what have I really done? Though all I've done is say to the world, "Let's go, move, 
Catch me if you can. Yeah, but your scientists were so preoccupied with whether or not they could, they didn't stop to think if they should. Look me up about the flesh, don't you? But you only know society's straight line about the flesh. You can't penetrate beyond society's sick, gray fear of the flesh. It's all what's so great about discovery. It's a violent, penetrative act that scars what it explores, what you call discovery. I call the rape of the natural world. You want to see my telepod? <laughs> it's all about sex. It's about the plasma. Penetrate the plasma. <laughs> Dude, it's not subtle. And David David Cronenberg uh, is not subtle. No. And I like his films. He also did... He's like, like it's about fucking. Of, <laughs> right? He's in a couple of movies that I know we've discussed. I know we, we also like uh, History of Violence. Not really science fiction, but definitely about mm-hmm. violence and sexuality, right? The best 69 you'll see in a movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Eastern Promises, which is like... Oh, that's on my bucket list, yeah. phenomenal film. Oh, no, I've seen that. That's, that's, um, that's with... Um, Viggo Mortenstein, yeah. Yeah, okay, that one's awesome. Yeah, Sorry. also. The best <laughs> dick wrestling yeah. you'll see on TV. Oh. Dude, Hanging brains. It wins a and fight. Then the, and then the last year, Cronenberg came out with a movie... That I'm going to look at the title right now, but I liked it. No one saw it, but it's all <laughs> fucked up and sexual. He's probably it's raping all... it, huh? No, there isn't, actually, but there's tons of sex and it's uncomfortable. If Ronnie could be oh. adopted by anyone, it'd be Cronenberg. Yeah. <laughs> Better Lynch. Um, uh, it's, called Crimes. it's called Crimes of the Future, and Viggo Mortensen plays a performance artist who, because of human evolution and corporations being awful... Some human beings are born without pain receptors, so they have these performance artists who mutilate themselves for Ooh. like for like money, and then Inigo Mortensen's basically so like he's in so much pain he has to like have these machines that move for him, and it's like this it's so fucked, but it's super interesting and weird. But Cronenberg keeps making it, and his son also makes fucked up weird shit too. He made one this year called Infinity Pool. Which is oh. fucked up. It's like that movie, TV show, if White Lotus meets um, a fucking nightmare. <laughs> That's what it basically is. Oh. <laughs> That's the one, Ronnie, that uh, was supposed is NC seventeen, right? Or did they change it finally? He also directed Selling Sunset. But yeah, <laughs> that for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Just body uh, horror I, 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 meets modern society. <laughs> um, a couple of Cronen. Oh, you mean the Crimes of the Future one or the Infinity Pool one, Danny? Infinity. I thought Infinity Pool was NC-17, wasn't it? I don't know if it was. It might have been not rated for a little bit, but it was only in theaters yeah. for like a week because no one saw it because it's <laughs> yeah. a Cronenberg movie. Um, okay. But no, I, I love this film. It's gross, but it's it's not crazy like graphic violence, but like you have Brundlefly throwing up on food, which is still burned into my brain of just watching like the VHS little tape of of Brundlefly going, okay, kids, I'm going to show you my, my, my little Bill Nye science guy thing. Watch Brundlefly eat. Like, he's just... I love it because, like, like his character is, like, already detached from reality, but then once he's got the fly in him, he's even more just taken away from, I don't know what his proper behavior... He's becoming a fly, and I think yeah. Jeff Goldblum's performance is phenomenal, and the makeup is grotesque and great, and I think it's kind of like Texas Chainsaw Massacre where, like, People think it's more gruesome than it is, but it's because what's not shown is more effective than what's actually shown. It's mm-hmm. almost comedic in how it's presented. It's not overtly comedic, but it reminds me of like a Rick and Morty episode. Like I could totally picture like 
All right, everyone. So I'm going to vomit on this vanilla wafers mm -hmm. and melt them and then show you how I... <laughs> like... What the hell is going on, Rick? What does it look like? The, the, the serum is piggybacking on the virus. It's gone airborne, Morty. Oh, crap. What are we going to do, Rick? It's going to be fine, Morty. Relax. I whipped up an antidote. It's based on praying mantis DNA. science morty a lot of people don't get that well what do we have here morty i bet you feel like the world's smallest man that you were doubting me about this whole thing morty oh rick something's not right uh, yeah you you're not right no ever no look you idiot Cronenberg the world up, didn't I? We got a of Cronenbergs walking around down there, Morty. Yeah, it's 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 literally like it's. I think there is comedy in the sense because once Goldblum becomes full Brindlefly, he's so unclear of what he's doing and how it's not part of a normal society. It's almost humorous, but then when you watch Gina Davis, you realize, oh. She's horrified. So yeah. it, I think it balances it well with she plays that the realistic perspective of being horrified while Goldblum is so detached. It's like a it's, it's like a creepy detached humor to it. So it, it, I think it, I, for me, it works. I can, I can see why you mm -hmm. might think this is like laughable and not work. But for me, it does work. I like when Jeff Goldblum does gymnastics. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and then proceeds to arm wrestle someone and then look at someone and go, you want to fuck? <laughs> yeah, it's it's literally the the only thing it's missing is cocaine. It's the most eighties movie that ever eighties. Oh, there cocaine. is cocaine somewhere. And it's, for sure. I love like old eighties films where Jeff Goldblum obviously like is kind of in shape. Like he's got a he looks healthy, but like if you told an actor nowadays, hey, you're gonna have to do your shirt off and like you're gonna be kind of like sexy, they would get on gear and just start juicing. And like, but Goldblum looks like. He may have done a few push-ups to get ready for this. Mm -hmm. And the mullet is excellent. <laughs> yeah, that, that I'm not gonna lie. That hair is be just magnificent. I'll give him that. And like, and it gets it, crazier it, and crazier and falls out. I'm like, oh. It was, it was getting a little bit confusing because like I couldn't tell who was who because Gina Davis and Jeff Goldblum have the exact same haircut. It was very confusing. <laughs> not the same side boob though. Different side boob though. Um, so I have a couple. I have a couple notes. One that I wanted to say off of the bat, uh, we, we kind of mentioned it there. Um, so I, I, my notes are the transformation of Jeff Goldblum. Um, it goes Jeff Goldblum, Karate Kid, The Night Strangler, or Richard Ramirez, how you want to call him. <laughs> then to a, then to a full meth addict, then to a zombie, then to abortion man, <laughs> then to the uh, Fantastic Four is the thing to end it off. Fantastic Four is the thing. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's what he looks at the very end. He just, he just looks like the thing. I you know what's ironic about that is that Fantastic Four movie from like eight years ago. It was supposed to be a la like the fly, like a body horror type thing before it got like rewritten and recut by the studio. So it's it's, oh. it's, it's actually definitely inspired by like kind of like Frankenstein and like the, the this movie for sure. Um, that's disappointing. One thing that I mm -hmm. kind of had some trouble with. And maybe this is just because I'm heartless. 
um as he's becoming the fly when he fully becomes the fly like in the final showdown uh <laughs> she's like it like comes out and it does the whole like kill me <laughs> like wait stop yeah. the reactor <laughs> like it, mm-hmm. it's like a it like grabs yeah. the shotgun and puts it to its head, and she's like, "I can't." I was like, "I would have blasted the fuck out of that thing." Like, <laughs> I don't care who it was before. That's that's <laughs> fucked. <laughs> but it is. But 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 then that's what finalizes like for me the sympathy. It's like the tragic figure. This is Frankenstein. It's it's, it's the Frankenstein monster where it's like mm-hmm. it's it's become a point where like in Frankenstein it's like it's. It's a monster, but you feel bad for it because it's like it was made under unfair circumstances. So it's 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 tragic to me, and it's like nihilistic because it literally just ends after she blows its yeah. fucking brains out. The movie just goes and we're done. And <laughs> it just that's ends yeah, right there to make you just wallow in misery. Yeah, and it's a nice little character circle because Jeff Goldblum is slowly becoming the fly where the fly is like showing hints of itself inside of him. Mm-hmm. And then once he becomes the fly, that's the last of Jeff Goldblum showing that he's in there somewhere when he grabs the shotgun yeah. and says, kill me. Full like transformation. Yeah. Thing. It's, it's now yeah. reverse. The fly is trying to keep Goldblum out rather than mm-hmm. Goldblum keeping the fly out. And I really like that scene that kind of goes with that is when like the last scene when, um, when Goldblum, like, she goes to see um, Brundle fly after like weeks, and she says like, she she wants to tell him about the baby, but she just can't. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and, and, and he tells her like, if you come back here, I'm gonna kill you. Like 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 he's he's finally like his his consciousness of being Seth is gone, and and he's like, if you come back here, I'm just gonna be an animal and yeah. He you. says so like you, you can't go. trust what the insect will do or something like that. Like exactly. I, like, I kind of wanted to see that scene though. Not gonna lie. Of of the fly in her, the fl- the fly in her just fighting. He's full blown just fly flying around. <laughs> I was enjoying the, the Spider Man stuff. They look, look like the fairy godmother just going. <laughs> <laughs> if they remade this movie, it would definitely be a f- like the fly would be flying around everywhere and would have like vomits, like guns and powers to <laughs> to, to, to kill the the, the boyfriend. <laughs> I, I just picture uh like. Beetlejuice music and a score in the background going on. Either try to fight it or catch it. <laughs> Beetlejuice comes through one of the teleporters like, oh, God. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> well, Beetlejuice is a reference that, like, the fly saying, help me, help me. Oh, and Gina like, Davis That's from this movie. Gina yeah. Davis. Davis is in it, too. Yeah. Um, did, were you getting Hollow Man vibes a little bit, too, from this? I don't and, know. I kept getting And the that. idea of it's, it was being very sexualized, then, yeah, because Hollow Man's definitely a very uncomfortably sexual movie and like science and the scientists becoming the monster i guess it's just a common thread but um yeah pretty fucked up you made me watch this film i had actually never seen it until this and i think i think at the very end i just no is it the abortion scene that i was like this movie's fucked <laughs> <laughs> that was it when he texted me this movie's fucked hey but you don't see anything and no yeah you see the larva come out which like if, that if, was uh, cool. That was so awesome. Oh, you so know, awesome. I love. I remember that scene vividly because it's the first time I figured out what an abortion was. And two, I was like, "Oh, that's haunting. It's a horrifying to have a, a larva come out your puss." I expected worse, um, but um, <laughs> it was reminding me of like a South Park episode a little bit. Just like, all right, push. Oh, oh god. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh god. Or I just picture uh, Wilfred Brimley cutting in. Just oh, 
Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, Karen, that, who would you fuck? No, like uh, I love this movie, and it's it's definitely one of those huge pop culture movies as well. It, it's a remake too, taking an mm-hmm. old like cheesy kind of horror movie from like the fifties and making it eighties baby, and making it all fucked up. And I guarantee it's forty years old now. If you remake it now, which mm, would be hilarious to watch his son remake this movie, it would be a fucking gross nightmare oh, which God. sign me up it'd be human centipede-esque <laughs> oh i was gonna say the same thing there shane yeah perfect yeah. all right well okay uh i'm trying to think of any final notes there, i was gonna say are there any other kind of like science kind of experiment based creature features that you guys like or can think of on top of your head to kind of bring in here like i already mentioned Ooh. jurassic park is like definitely mm. a creature feature but a different you know less horror but there are horror scenes the one that still fucks me up to this day just because i'm like i don't like this is a splice <laughs> Ooh, splice mm. that one's fucked where you're like why mm. do you want to fuck it stop <laughs> stop adrian <laughs> brody you weirdo <laughs> <laughs> that's a good that that's a good like ugh, uncomfortable yeah one like that and then like by the end you're like would i fuck it <laughs> like Oh, or like species. It's very like yeah. species, but species is like trashier. It's like one of those, look to your left, look to your right. One of them would fuck that thing. And you're like, I wouldn't. And you're like, I might. <laughs> uh, Danny? Uh, I've got a couple more notes before we go on to mine. Uh, sure. I was looking for the actual quote on my notes, that what the sex pervert boyfriend boss says. It is, fuck is what I'm thinking. <laughs> for like alternative to come back to work or something like that. Um, <laughs> that's like the actual quote is fuck is what I'm thinking, which is bananas. Um, have you guys ever heard of insect politics, by the way? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, that one I still, I'm like, is he saying he wants to be an ambassador to the insects? Yeah, like, that, that, that movie could have turned so much more fun if it would start to go into in- insect politics. Eek me, night on fly! <laughs> <laughs> just fascista uh, flies. Uh, <laughs> the, the, fly. the the baboon budget on this film had to be the most expensive thing. I feel like <laughs> I kept waiting for this then, to turn into Shaka. Shaka yeah, I, Shaka, I think it's the, I think it's the same baboon actually too. Oh God, <laughs> yeah. that baboon then, works. <laughs> yeah, and then also cheeseburger. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, cheeseburger. the magic of the cheeseburger. cheeseburger. Yeah. All I think about is the menu. <laughs> Where did you go? Uh, uh, Harvard, you die. <laughs> 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 All right. Um, Anything else to say about that's... the fly, gentlemen? Um, I just keep getting Godzilla vibes of just like the idea that, that you know, human proliferation just creates something terrible that ends up destroying everything that they love. We can't have nice things. <laughs> that is the, me. the me. message of this film. So that brings us to our third film and our final for the presentation here. And it was chosen by Danny. Uh, Danny, tell us about the film you chose. The film I chose, uh, unlike the other two, I've seen before and many times, it is John Carpenter's The Thing, 1982. I was so excited um, when you chose that film. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 like I said earlier, I could have fucked everyone and picked a shitty ass uh, uh, movie to watch for creatures, <laughs> but uh, I just love this film. I've, I saw it first, I think on TV actually. My dad, I think my dad put it on a couple of times. I remember thinking, "What the fuck?" 
and then uh we watched it like several times in the, the pandemic and moving forward and then i just wanted to rewatch it one more time because we picked creature features so why not um i'll get to the, i just i guess i'll start with the quick like synopsis um i think everyone knows about this film quite a bit um just kind of like alien but the synopsis i wrote which is better than anybody else did um, is while in the middle of buttfuck Antarctica to study God knows what, a group of people at the U.S. research station get bombarded by the goddamn Norwegians who are trying to kill Cujo, which turns out shape-shifting, uh, absorbing aliens, that be, or in, in one alien that begins to assimilate into each of the crew slowly while everyone gets Antarctic fever and everything gets blown up and burned to death in the end. <laughs> or I guess Kurt Douglas and Keith David don't. And then, yeah, that's it. And it's also starring Wilford Brimley. <laughs> <laughs> this, this film is like Clue, but if the weapon was it's, an alien that eats everybody. It's it's, it's, it's such a great cat and mouse movie and because um, you never – and it goes – and it, it has so many elements of the first two movies, and I feel like it's nice that we did this one last. There's so many bits and pieces. There's, there's so many little like pieces of the puzzle that are in each, like that are also an alien, but also in the fly somehow, especially the fly. But it's so much fun because like you never know fully if the alien is actually in one person or it's in multiple people until the very beginning. Also, I guess because of Cujo. Um, but you always are like. Who is it actually? Because you never know fully, and it's so wonderful, and you're trying to figure out who it actually is. And there's so many different scenes where you're like, "Oh, is it actually Kurt Russell? Because do you trust him or not?" But then, "Oh, do you actually? Is it actually Keith David? You don't know. Is it Wilford Brimley? Does Dad beat his foot? You just—it's it's so much fun. You go—it's back and forth, and then finally, like, I think the the thing that makes this movie that elevates this movie so well is just the uh, special effects just the <laughs> it looks so amazing it's so unique and it's so weird um and we we talked about it briefly in alien where we ba- we never really see the the xeno fucking thing whatever you call xenomorph. it the alien xenomorph but in this one you see it see the thing the this, this disgusting spider whatever it is trying to, when it's trying to transform you see it multiple times but it's just so disgusting and creepy I think it's less it's not as scary as Alien obviously but I think it's just a great creepy science fiction creature um, cuz you don't know fully what it is like what, is it just like an like a, a parasite an organism that goes into each creature cuz you never know what it actually looks mm-hmm. like cuz it transforms so much Yeah and I was like when the spaceship in the meeting crashes I'm like is it a parasite that was on the spaceship kind of like how Alien worked mm-hmm. out where it hitched a ride or is it an intelligent <laughs> sentient alien thing that has mastered space flight because it builds a space ship or attempts to yeah well that's the that's the fun kind of thing about it is you have literally no idea why it's on earth like did it crash land because it seems like it wants to get the fuck out of here so you really don't even know like it's it's purpose if it's evil or not it's just these these researchers are just like this is a foreign parasite. We don't know what it's doing. We're going to get rid of it. So in theory, it could just be trying to just get the fuck out of there and, and not want to mm-hmm. be there. But and just how it adapts is gruesome and violent. And you don't want creepy parasite turning your um, your bearded buddy into like a, a monster. 
Yeah, it's like they see the dog transformation. You're like, kill it now. We gotta kill it. We're done. With fire. Yep, fuck this. Um, yep. I love that. I love that. Like that. That no. Like it's, there's always a trope in films where like someone goes, but what its motivation? This movie's like, fuck it. We're there's. Yeah. It, we're we're the, not gonna mess with this shit at all. <laughs> Kurt Russell's like, get the fucking flamethrower and just murder everything. Let's do it now. <laughs> We're leaving. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, one thing this is kind of outside of the film is I think the flood from Halo, the game Combat Evolved, is definitely heavily influenced by the thing. Um, yeah. And hmm. it makes me so sad that we got the Halo series that fucking sucked balls and we had this the entire time. Master Chief fighting <laughs> the thing could have been a thing. Oh, well. So... It, this this movie opens up with uh, comedy is the best way I can put it, where there oh, yeah. are two Swedish chefs with a gun <laughs> flying in a helicopter Norwegian. being as inefficient trying to kill this fucking dog. God. We're just like, <laughs> just missing, and they're like throwing hand grenades, and the one is like, dish, birdie, and he throws it and it hits the <laughs> helicopter and blows up. And then he dies. And like, he then chases this dog and is shooting everyone. He's like, dish, birdie, birdie. And, just, <laughs> and then, and then the dog lives. And I was like, that was the m- most weird stupidity thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> and like, I, I, I just, I just love that. Like it starts off with like, and like they they chose a dog to like be like the the creature first like go assimilates to because every is dogs look innocent so mm-hmm. it, like it just shows that like why would these goddamn Norwegians want to kill this innocent dog <laughs> and they just crazy <laughs> yeah and then they even mention like oh they're only here for like six weeks that won't they can't get like crazy yet mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so they're like what the fuck's going on but then like. As soon as like the dog comes in and they they brush off um, the thing, they're like, "All right, let's go figure out what the fuck happened to these Norwegians." Yeah, and I think I think the thing is excellent and why it's seminal as a horror film that stands to this day is like it has all the the horror ideas into one. You have a slasher, a mystery, the science fiction like Alien. You have like a cabin in the woods, survival. It's, it has all the perfect like horror genres into one. And it's mm-hmm. and it's all like the, the biggest thing I like about this is like you said, Dan. The mystery of it is like you know enough about the characters to mm-hmm. know how they interact, but you don't know them enough to not know who who's acting strange. They're mm-hmm. all just kind of yeah. panicking. And what's a little different about this one is Alien. Everyone's cool and calm, but in thing the thing where people are trapped in an isolated place with the creature on. They're already at each other's throats. Yeah. They're already tired of each other. Oh they're already so like so like they turn quickly on each other because they're already tired of each other. There's like there's a bunch of great little scenes where it shows them all frustrated with where they're at mm-hmm. and what's going on. So then this thing just escalates it and is the catalyst for absolute destruction. So that these these experts in their job like literally blow up everything yeah. <laughs> just to survive. The thing just exacerbates the fissures that were already there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, all, all all it takes is one person go where where where, where were you like oh you motherfucker and all this stuff they start punching each other it's just great <laughs> it's it's the it's just this idea of these scientists that are supposed to be just going back to what we talked about in Alien like they're so 
sit down their work, they're calm, cool, and collected. But once the grenade gets thrown in about something crazy, everyone's just panicking and they're out of their norm, and they just want to get the fuck out of there or kill it. And it's fantastic. Perfect, it's perfectly paranoid too. And I, I like mm-hmm. they turn on Kurt Russell on a dime. Oh yeah. And then <laughs> and then like he literally has to hold them hostage to get this thing on the rails. <laughs> yeah. With, with and, dynamite. It's great. Yeah, but but also like like he's not the scientist. Mm-mm. He's the pilot. So he has to make it make like a now famous scene of like the like this makeshift science experiment to test the blood which What's this about, Cartman? I've come up with a test that can determine if it was any of us who had the head lice. We're going to find out once and for all who had head cooties. Lice feed on a person's blood, and just like mosquitoes, they leave behind small traces of their saliva in the host's bloodstream. That saliva is monochromagnic. So if an infected person's blood is touched by this hot metal coil, say, that person's blood will jump 10 meters into the air. Really? That's retarded. You didn't come up with that experiment, Carmen. You saw it in that movie, The Thing. This is a scientific test designed to... You saw it in The Thing and you're wasting everyone's time. I thought you might say that, Kyle. Because you don't want to take the test, do you? Nobody's blood is going to jump up in the air. If it isn't going to work, then what are you afraid of? The only person who wouldn't want to take the test is somebody who is worried it might work and reveal that they were the ones with lice. Yeah, that's true. I have no problem taking the test. I have nothing to... Hey. <laughs> yeah, me neither. All right, fine. I'll do the dumb test. Everyone take a petri dish and a syringe. We need at least 30 cc's of blood from each one of you. But huh. it, that, that scene is so perfect of, like, the jump scare of oh, how yeah. it's done. Like, because it, it takes so long to get to, like, the blood jumping. You almost forget what's going on. And by the time it jumps, and it's perfect because they're strapped to the, the, the couch. Mm-hmm. And they're, like, shaking and, like, things. Blo- it's just, mm-hmm. it's so, it's so effective. And it's not perfectly seamless, but how the makeup and that stuff is done is enough to make it look otherworldly. So it's just, it's, uh, it's uncomfortable. And like the faces are melting and shifting. And I guess the theme that all three movies have is body horror of like, what's (laughs) the fear of what's underneath the skin of like what's going on in our bodies. (laughs) Yeah. You bring up a good point where the best scenes and best parts of this movie are where the thing isn't even in it. It's just them Mm -hmm. like trying to Mm -hmm. find out who's the thing. And this may be something also that I've made up or is a myth, but none of the actors were told if they're the thing or not until, like, it was time for them to die. Like, uh, so... That sounds familiar, so but I'm like, yeah. I when they went in, research. none of them were allowed to know who in the script is supposed to be the thing. So it adds another layer of the actors don't even know if they're an alien or not. That's true. It's cool. It's a cool way yeah. to kind of get authentic feeling from your Because actor. when mm-hmm. the, the blood jump thing happens, what helps create the jump scare is Carpenter does such a good job at kind of leading you towards, you're like, oh, it's probably him. It's probably that guy. And then it's a guy that you didn't even think it would be. Mm-hmm. It's like the the guy that talks a little bit here and there, but not too much or not too little. Yeah. And it's... It, uh, the one of my favorite ones is the character of Clark because um, uh, Wilford Brimley or Doc says, "Watch Clark mm-hmm. <laughs> with the dog," and so then you're like, "Oh, I think it's Clark because he's the dog was the original mm-hmm. one." And then Clark starts acting weird, and then you see like Clark look once in a while here and there, like kind of weird, but then like you see him grab like the scalpel, and you're like, "Maybe it's not Clark, or is it Clark? Maybe maybe the the thing wants to kill." 
uh, Kurt Russell, but then like Kurt Russell ends up shooting him, and then Clark was never the monster at all. Then that just throws everything out the yeah. door that you think of. It just yeah. Well, in um, Wilford Brimley too, you don't know when he was infected because he has a key character change. Like he's acting yeah. wild, but he's acting crazy because he's drunk and he knows that if this thing gets out of there, like it's going to take over the world. So he's like trying to destroy everything and actively work against the group. But then he flips a switch where he's like, okay, you can bring me in now. I'm fine. Oh yeah. And you're like, oh, he's in, he's a thing for sure. Yeah. He's like, I'm I'm okay. I'm, I want to come inside now. Yeah. What even works to that too, is he has a noose. Mm -hmm. So the thing is literally mm-hmm. processing to that point where like, okay, if I put these things in place, it seems like I'm innocent. I'm willing to die for this. So, but once again, you don't know, but it seems yeah. like, like, like the creature can access brain memories and ideas of like, okay, if I need to look innocent to bring me back in, try to build a trust by saying it's Clark, all these things. I don't want to be out here anymore. Like, so it's, <laughs> it's perfect. And also I think what helps is all the characters look the same except for Childs and mm-hmm. the, the cook. <laughs> But like, like you honestly kind of forget. <laughs> yeah. The characters are fleshed out enough, but they're also almost kind of forgettable in a way that like it could be any of them. It literally could be any of them because you just don't know who is who. And then like those silhouettes of like the dog walks in the room. You see someone with kind of curly hair. That's like half of them. So you have literally yeah. no idea who yeah. it is. So it's, it's effective storytelling of like the mystery. Because even today, I've seen this movie like 10 times. I still mm-hmm. forget who's infected. I, like, I every totally time I rewatch it, I could, forget. I did not remember who, and like mm-hmm. I even forgot about the scene where he go, he's doing CPR and the chest opens up and eats him. Like I was like, oh, oh god yeah. damn it! <laughs> like yeah, that this that that. Go ahead, James. I was gonna say this film definitely subverts that like what you always bring up that guy syndrome. Mm-hmm. Like because you think Wilford Brimley would be that guy. Or, you know, Keith David would be that guy or Kurt Russell. Um, Kurt Russell a little bit because he's like the main character. But I I still kind of subscribe to the camp that he might have been the thing the whole time. He could have been because because like um, what perfect way to get rid of and survive and get rid of all the other things. Mm -hmm. And like, yeah, and and my thought that was like, what if it wasn't actually we we never see him cut his actual blood ever. His own like thumb, so which blood did he? You, you remember? Because everyone else we see getting their blood, Dude, right? I had a whole mm-hmm. spider web trying yeah. to track down when Kurt Russell could have been infected, and and, mm-hmm. and who was the first person in that room with the shadow? Yeah, like yeah, there's, and... It, it just hurts my brain, and I love it because it gives you enough that it's like you could solve the mystery, but there's just not enough to definitively. Nope. It's like it's like you have the puzzle, but then you still don't have the corner pieces. God damn mm-hmm. it. Well, yeah. well, I think it's also like you said, Dan, is like like it's not just one thing. The thing's a constantly evolving mm-hmm. organism. So there's at one point two to three things, if not more. So it's just that's the whole – that's why it's so effective. It's, yeah. it's, it's yeah. so perfectly effective as a horror movie of just like you just don't know because it isn't played by the rules of there's one creature – and it operates that way. So it's, it's Great. I don't know, it's, it's a near-perfect horror movie in my way. And then of all these, it's definitely, like, it's hard. These are all movies I love, but I think this is almost a perfect, like, horror movie. And that we also mentioned the perfect horror score by Ennio Morricone. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. Like, it's it's a great score, too. It's a really good. And, well, all, all Ennio did 
was uh, the the theme. Everything mm-hmm. else, uh, uh, John Carpenter redid himself. <laughs> yeah. No, he's a he's a jack of all trades. Yeah. 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 Um. Um. I'd like to bring up that the marriage of Carpenter and Russell's career is like the greatest thing ever to happen to both of them <laughs> because they just work so perfectly together. Like we have a theme of like good protagonists, the fly it's good, but it, it's not, but like an alien and in the thing, the protagonists are just awesome. And Zagorny is acting more like a person who can just keep her shit together and is trying to figure it out, but is scared. Kurt Russell's mm-hmm. just like this. Fuck you. I'm getting out of this thing alive. Like, well, hmm. fuck you too. Oh, that's the best when it's like this whole thing, and he just, oh, fuck you. <laughs> all he wants, to, all, all he wants to do is just get uh, get drunk in his, his cabin or his shack. Yeah, he just wants to drink and, uh, Jim Bean, get his ass kicked by the computer. Yeah, by by, by chess wizard. <laughs> you cheating son of a bitch. That's wonderful. <laughs> um, <laughs> <You> cheating bitch. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> shit. Oh, so I'll, I'll I'll say two more things. I'll mention the ending. I think the this the CGI or the stop motion is kind of. Uh, took it out for me a little bit in the end, but it is what it is. Um, That's actually, the, the, uh, yeah. I, I think it's a, I think it's a, a miniature like puppet. I, I think it's a miniature puppet shot on yeah. a smaller set. But yeah, it's a, it's a little janky. It's silly, janky, but, but I like, love it, it. It is what it is. The yeah. only one, um, the only one that I was laughing at was when um, he, the, the, the thing grabs the guy and lifts him in the oh, air, and you can tell it's like a flower monster it's, thing. It, it, yeah. Oh yeah. And you can tell it's Kermit the Frog, like flipping around <laughs> in the air. Like that's the only part that I was I was kind of giggling to myself. I, I, yeah. I think the rest of it's almost not seamless, but it's very believable in the, that kind of world. I um yeah. The spider thing I love because it's like playing hide and go seek. Uh-huh. It's like do 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 and and then the and like the the the. That one, like the pot smoking, like paranoid uh, yuppie, has the best line in horror history. Yeah. You gotta be fucking kidding me! I <laughs> yeah. love that delivery. So, and he's the other, he's the other pilot, which is the funny thing. I just realized yeah. this for the first time. I'm like, oh, of course he is. I re- <laughs> I remember. What's even funnier is that is like uh, at one point that he says, "I'll take you up," and he goes, "No, I'll go with McCree. I'm not going with this guy." <laughs> he's high. He's useless. I love it. Um, I I remember because I. It was a long time ago. I saw the remake, and I remember Ugh. not liking the remake, but I remember not being as disappointed as I thought I would be because I remember it actually being kind of creepy with its body horror. And it's it's a it's a prequel, right? Yeah, it's about the yeah, Norwegians, but no one's Norwegian. Um, they are definitely not Norwegian because <laughs> I remember watching it going, well, "That guy's that guy's the the black guy from Lost." Yeah, and like that's and that Mary chick, Winstead yeah. old, and and she's not speaking. Um, Swedish. <laughs> yeah, she's not like, oh no, there it goes. <laughs> um, <laughs> Canadian. <laughs> Canadian too. Hey, that's for Brandon Reed. It's gonna kill us all. You could have done it, you fat bastard. Um, but uh, <laughs> our most popular demographic is actually the Swedish. Fuck, so they're all gone. Go. Um, <laughs> but I remember the spider head <laughs> being really creepy. But in this, yeah. it's so silly. <laughs> it's just, I think it works. It, it, it's batlit. I think it's batlit perfectly. It's uh, it's 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 so nice seeing two unique like creatures or monsters go from alien to to the thing. It just yeah, it's great. Yeah, even the fly. The too. fly is I, very, I, yeah. I, I, I know the fly's a little goofier and gruesome and it's not the same effect, but 
that's it's really fucking it's it's like it's it's like Quasimodo. It's all like lumpy and mm-hmm. like gross. It's awful. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, two last two last things I'll say about this is uh, this is all this uh, this is obviously based off uh, a novel, and this is that there's three ad, 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 adaptations of that book. There's the 1951 movie, then also this 1982, and also the remake we mentioned. Um, the the book is a little bit different. It's the the thing is just like a plant-based thing, and it just plants seeds into into people or the ground to to expand. It's a little bit different, a little bit unique, and that's what the movie's based off too. It's called uh, "Who Goes There," so a little mm. bit interesting. Yeah, um, and um, and the the original one I never seen it, but it was I think it's like a Hudson Hawk movie, and, and it's basically like a, a a warning about communism, of being assimilated to communism. So it's definitely <laughs> a different movie. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. All right, yeah. listen here, you <laughs> commie. A little bit different. Yeah, I, I was reading synopsis. I'm like, okay, interesting. A little bit different. Where the, the dog different. just sneaks into the room, and you see the shadow, and it goes, hello, comrade. <laughs> <laughs> or it, start, it starts playing poker. These <laughs> <laughs> oh. American scum must, must be taken down from the inside. Yeah, and then uh, I guess and then the final last thing. Uh, I know it's kind of a fan theory about the ending of it, yeah. Or everyone thinks it's Childs is the thing, and Kurt Russell isn't because uh, Kurt Russell gives Childs um, the the bottle of whiskey, but how could he have it? They think it's gasoline actually, and so when uh, he, like he when the uh, Childs drinks it, he doesn't say anything, and then and that's and when Kurt Russell starts, Kurt... starts laughing. Yeah, yeah, he goes, yeah we'll yeah, see yeah. what happens. He smiles himself. Yeah. Oh shit! Yeah. Because it was a Molotov, huh? I, th- uh, I think so, or oh. it might, might have been one of them. And then there's also fan theory. It could be actually whiskey, but then um, Kurt Russell's laughing because he's the thing. He knows uh, everyone. Uh, he's gonna he's gonna freeze and mm-hmm. uh, leave, or he just did what he had to do. He's, he won. It's a so. perfect ending because he just says, "Well, dun, dun. let's see what happens." Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and that's and that's very just of the times of like the of like this nihilistic kind of like. You don't know, but it's perfectly paranoid. Like I said before, it just it ends with like, you have no idea what's going to happen next. And that yeah. for me, that works because it goes back to the dance. That it's a perfect kind of mystery in a way. Like you have no idea what's it's kind of fully going on. So pretty great. Yeah. Ne- well, next time I'm going to watch this with my Sherlock Holmes hat and uh, dude, it breaks get a monocle and a, and, a, and a pipe and go, who is it? Yes. <laughs> yeah. And knowing John Carpenter's like apathy be like i don't fucking care what you think it is yeah. <laughs> this is my movie yeah. this is the, only, this uh, is the one that, that everyone hated at the time and now everyone's finally telling me it's good fuck uh, all what? you what it, what movie it, uh, did john there might there might be a there might be a sequel uh john yeah. carpenter did a uh interview like days ago and there might be a sequel in the works oh, is that what childs and kurt to? russell because he also signed on to do a like a popular movie i thought like dead space i think Ugh, mm. Don't do that, John. He must. Or he's running John, out of money. Or John Carpenter just, or John Carpenter just no like way. fuck it. I want to tease you guys. I don't give a fuck. Cocaine and keyboards in so. a music career no one listens to is expensive <laughs> to fund. All right. <laughs> Music's not paying the bills. I'm not the biggest John Carpenter, but he's made a couple of my favorite movies of, of horror movies of all time. So and I, and I had to pick John. I had to pick. Picture. I had to pick the thing because we watched. I made you guys suffer through Halloween. So. So anything else? Want uh, any favorite snow-based Antarctica creature features, murder mystery ones? Isn't there a Nazi one called like Nazi zombies or something in the snow? Oh God, Ron, we watched it. 
Do we? Snow Nazis yeah. or something. Or Red Red Blood red or like snow. Red, red Snow. snow. snow yeah. Red Snow. We watched that. <laughs> red Red Snow. Hold on. I have. I'm trying to think. Luke of... Skywalker facing the Yeti. <laughs> oh, the, the Fucked up his Wampa face. The Wampa. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to look at. Yeah, oh, yeah. There's a. Uh, it's not really a creature feature. It's more of a supernatural one. I saw one this year called. Where'd it go? Where'd it go? The Bunker. It's a World War One movie, mm-hmm. and the uh, these American and British soldiers stumble upon a German bunker, and it's like blocked off, and there's something inside of it. It's pretty good. It's like a really low budget kind of hmm. one, but it's it's kind of like the thing where they're trapped in there, the paranoia. But it's it's supernatural. It's not really a creature, creature. Mm. but it reminded me of like a mystery of like what's going on here. Um, I'm trying to think of more mysteries. No, most of my list of other horror yeah. movies are kind of like just creature trying to eat people. Yeah, I was going to do yeah. – we'll do each person gets an honorable mention if you'd like. Mm-hmm. I'll start it off um, for a creature feature that I didn't choose but I think deserves to be mentioned. That's Jaws. God damn it. That was mine. Like it's yeah. a horror film, thriller, the shark. Like it's obviously one of the best of all time. I think it could have easily been chosen for any of these, but we obviously have a type of movie we like, and Jaws isn't fucked up enough for us. So, well, also, what the fuck can we say about Jaws? Yeah, it's, that it's, hasn't it's, already like, been. Like, at the beginning of this, Danny was like, "I don't know what to say about the thing," because everyone said about it. It's but it's great, and it's worth yeah. talking about still. Uh, Ronnie, do you have any honorable mentions? I have so many. Um, okay, but I'm gonna go with one that I really like that I saw. It's not really. It's like a ten-year-old one, but it's recent. Was the host? It's a Korean one. Mm. The guy who directed Parasite. The host is really good, and it's like a toxic waste monster is just just attacking this like small like Korean kind of. No, I I think it's in Seoul. So it's it's just attacking these people, and they can't. They don't know what to do with it. They they literally just go, Mm -hmm. "Well, now we live with it." (laughs) Like like there's nothing we can do about it. So it's a it's a great like family drama with great characters and like a character development. So the host is a really good creature feature. I almost picked, but (laughs) yeah, right. I was I was just close to picking it, but I was like, "Eh, I don't think you guys are gonna watch a Korean film. I love Korean films. I've seen I've seen it. Yeah, or I've I've seen most of it. Yeah, I haven't seen all. I can't wait to bring on the action and I can just bring all my favorite Korean action films. That's a, that'd be a good one, too. Dan? Mm-hmm. I've got a couple. Um, one I almost kind of did uh, is Hellboy, the 2004 one, the good one. Oh. Uh, I just think it'd be a unique, different one. Um, I love Hellboy. Uh, Gremlins is an all-time favorite. I just felt yeah. like it was two. Yeah. Um, but I feel like maybe it's a Christmas one. Maybe maybe cut that out. Maybe we do that for Christmas. Um, I do love yeah. Gajia. 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 I'm sorry. Gajia. And then two more that are pretty obscure, but I really like. That uh, One's The Summer of the Monkeys. <laughs> uh, <laughs> monkeys got diapers. <laughs> just, just Google it. Just Google it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have the, the premise. You want to discuss it? Yeah, go ahead. Let's discuss the premise of this film that you've right. seen. Uh, I, I, all I did was copy and paste it. I didn't do. I just did it real quick. Fourteen-year-old uh, Ozark's farm boy Jay Barry Lee wants a horse in the worst way. Oh God, I didn't read it. I just copied. Want a Barry horse? Oh my God. But the family is struggling, and, um, and money is scarce. A train wreck, escape monkeys, a reward, and an old moonshiner combine to make a memorable summer. 
in the end, Jay Barry finds what his real desire is as he makes adult choices. Oh, my God. This sounds like a true horror. Why are we watching this? Well, I know what our next commentary is. It's the origin um, of AIDS, apparently. I know. And then my last one is Welcome to Mooseport. True creature okay. feature. Well, well, since Danny broke the rules, I'm also going to add Tremors. Oh, um, that's a good one. I'm going to add. I know. Yeah. Add, Dang, uh, I didn't Pan, think about that one. Pan's uh, Labyrinth is a great. Mm. It's more like a fantasy. There's a bunch of creatures in it. Since you mentioned Any Del Toro. Guillermo. Yeah. And oh, on the shoot. other end of the spectrum of shitty movies, I wanted to do Anaconda, but I didn't do Anaconda. And then yeah, we've also did a commentary me. on Lake Placid, and that's a oh, yeah. delightful creature feature. So check oh. that, our commentary track on Lake Placid from a couple years ago. Oh, one more. My, my other one would have been the shape of water. Yeah. Oh, there that's you go. A good one. Uh, that's yeah. That, no. Yeah. It's the end's kind of a horror, but it's more like a drama. Yeah. Oh, I, I won't buy creature. That's why. So. Yeah, creature. That's fair. No, that's creature feature is a tough one to put a box around. Um, Broad. Yeah. That's normally a staple of a good horror film too. Is it's tough mm-hmm. to kind of put it in a box. Um, but yeah. So that is our presentation on Creature Features as we continue to write our horror film. Mm-hmm. And, um, I want to do a quick update on yeah. where we're at with that. Uh, yeah, go ahead and update us on where we're at. So basically, Shane and I met what, like two weeks ago, and we have the skeleton idea for our film. So we're going to begin writing it soon during the summertime. So hopefully we'll have a draft by the end of summertime. And uh, I don't know. We'll see from there. But um, next steps are... Start writing it and hopefully make a billion dollars so we can That'd be nice. not work our real jobs anymore. What will be really fun is when Dan does the book tour for it mm-hmm. as the representative. <laughs> I just can't wait to see him on The View and <laughs> um, other great established things talking about this and being like, yeah, so we really want to emphasize cum sluts. That was really key <laughs> to uh, creating this. And... Uh, yeah, buy my new um, buy buy me a house. I'm homeless. <laughs> yeah. huh. Speaking uh, of, what in? Uh, when's filming start? You guys think, um, or hopefully? Um, oh, we're we're gonna sell it to um to someone. We're not gonna make it. John Carpenter <laughs> isn't oh, completely out of money yet, so we're just waiting until he's really <laughs> financially in trouble, and then we'll swoop in and grab him. Got it. Well, uh, my Air Prima Farm is doing pretty well. Um, so uh, if you need so, some um, capital, let me know. A major financial backer is the Arapaima Farms of Guana. <laughs> Dude, you can get so many cuts of Jeremy Wade saying Arapaima. Arapaima. Fish on. Fish on. Okay. Speaking of scripts, just like in our last episode, yep. Shane and I wrote some scripts, and now we have Dan here to add to the fun of acting. Uh, are we going to do my first or your first? Let's go with um, your first, Ronnie. And the, the goal is to see how quick we can get everyone to just break out in laughter. Okay. So uh, last time it was hard to keep our mm-hmm. our commentary, and so so let's try to just get through the okay. script, and okay. and then and, and then we can give some feedback here. Um, I'll be I will be the uh, the the scene directions, like the um, the narrative, like in the the brackets there. Okay. Let's have um, Danny. You'll be a good Frank, and Shane. You're gonna <laughs> Shane. You're gonna be Jack and Phyllis. Okay. All right. I have, uh, so I'm Frank, right? Okay. You're Frank. Okay. No, right. Bing, I don't want fucking AI. Get out of my computer. <laughs> okay. The, the, the script is entitled The Flesh. Scene opens in a white sterile lab filled with science shit like beakers and microscopes and weird x-ray pictures of human anatomy. Two men in lab coats are talking to each other. 
Well, Jack, I'm nervous about tonight. Busy looking into the microscope and writing down notes. What are you talking about now? My date! <laughs> with Phyllis! I finally got up the curse asker, and now I don't know what to do. It's all too much. You know that I have a deadline on this synthetic lubricant in the next 48 hours. Do not have time to help you get laid when Fuck Corp expects me to get this sample up and running so other people can get laid. Memorial Day is our most popular time of year. I... I'm, I'm sorry. It, to put this on you, I'm, I'm just a bit nervous. It's, it's, it's been a while since I, uh, you know, done the bedsheet tango with anybody. <laughs> the irony of all this. I am nervous. Is, is there any advice or anything you can give me to make sure I perform well? Like, Phyllis is my dream girl, and it seems like for the first time I might actually be happy with someone. Thoughtful music plays, and as if you can hear it, Jack changes his tone. All right. <laughs> Jack stands up and walks over to a cabinet. But only because you sound so pathetic. Jack digs through the cabinet and places a neon green bottle on the table in front of Frank. The bottle is ominously growing, glowing green, and the label says Compound 69. <laughs> what is this? This... Is compound 69. It's in its final testing stages, but it went through the preliminary ones well. When they tested it on baboons, they produced larger and harder erections than ever before. After analyzing the brain waves of the female baboons post-coitus, they showed 69% more pleasure than getting laid without the new compound. Hence the name. Whoa. Whoa, wait, wait, wait. Do you think it's safe? I can't see why not. It worked well on the baboons. <laughs> okay, swell. Do I d drink it? It's a direct application onto the desired area. So? You're telling me to rub glowing neon green ooze onto my Peter? I am providing you an option, you baboon, to take the golf stroke to the next level. It's up to you, and if you want to get on the green and swing... Frank looks apprehensive at first, but thinks of Phyllis. All right, give it her. Scene changes to Frank's apartment. He and a beautiful woman open the door and begin kissing. Does this mean I'm Phyllis? So kissing. Yeah, it's your Phyllis. <laughs> oh, boy. Out of breath from passion. Wait one second. Let me go freshen up in the bathroom. How about you get us some more wine and set the mood? I'll be right back. <laughs> she kisses him once more, then walks into the bathroom. Frank excitedly turns on some music, grabs a box of wine and opens it, pours into two glasses and places them on the table. He then gets the bottle of Compound 69, opens it, he drops his pants and takes out his average-sized penis. He lathers a thorough amount on his cock and begins to, it begins to glow green. Then it begins to engorge in size and hardness. Whoa, it actually works. Look at that. I'm a stud. His penis continues to grow and Frank becomes alarmed. It's now radioactive green and three feet long and four feet wide. Oh, God! Frank turns to the sink to wash it up, but cannot lift the mighty schlong. He is panicking as the penis grows a face and smiles at him. It attaches from his body, and Frank screams at it and smothers him. Scream, Frank. <laughs> After a few moments, Phyllis walks out of the bathroom and screams in horror as Frank lays dead on the ground with an open cavity where his dick was. 
She then turns and comes face to face with a giant penis. She screams, and the scene ends. Oh, Jeebus! <laughs> My wife texted That's me. That's exactly how I envisioned it. During this, and it was like, shut the fuck up, you're being so weird. <laughs> <laughs> she, she didn't oh, even get great. to hear you guys. I <laughs> know she gets that's to hear wonderful. disembodied random <laughs> voices. Oh my god, that—that's exactly how I envisioned it was going to happen. You're Ron. not supposed to present <laughs> our script to everyone. I know <laughs> that was at our real draft. <laughs> all right, so oh, that's I'm gonna, perfect. I'm going to put this into the chat. Um, first mm-hmm. of all, Ronnie, you will be playing the character of Katarina. Ooh. Um, I will be reading the in-betweens, and I will be playing the character of Smirnoff. <laughs> uh, and Daniel, you shall play the coveted role of Ferret Farmer. <laughs> I present to you. Oh, so I'm playing myself. Perfect. The fur pitting. <laughs> <laughs> I just got it. It's great. So, <laughs> so the first three lines are not for you guys. Um, they're just me introducing what the characters are. That's fine. I'm Katarina. You'll be Katarina. Okay. All right. Um, is is Daniel here? Yeah, I'm here. Okay. Yeah. So He's uh, the bat. <laughs> we present the Furpening. Smirnoff, a 19-year-old boy wearing a varsity jacket, just a classic American jock, and not a 35-year-old man acting as a 19-year-old boy. <laughs> Katarina, hot, big, big personality teenager and cheerleader, strong, independent, and smart with big boobs. <laughs> ferret farmer. It's just a ferret in overalls. <laughs> Scene opens in a dark forest. Our teenagers park their 1993 Toyota Privia, the ultimate blend of luxury and space. <laughs> they both crack open rainbow bud lights, demonstrating we woke and shit. Power to the people. Our scene begins. Oh, Katarina, the stars are so beautiful. <laughs> I'm so glad that we won game of football against those rivals from other town. I throw many passes quarterback and score many goals. You play as such good quarterback. I love being the head cheerleader and jumping. I love that we have so many classes together. I always look at you. We should continue drinking this inclusive and progressive beer, Bud Light. I also believe we should take our relationship to the butt stuff. Smirnov, stop. You know I am not, I am non-denominational Christian, which means I act Christian and sometimes attend a Sunday session, but don't practice anything that's inconvenient in modern society. I've also never really read anything from that dumb old book, but I have a poster on wall that says love is patient and kind and such. So boobs? Possibly overpants handjob? Okay. Sex noises begin, interrupted by a squeak in the dark. What was that? That is my penis. No, that's noise. Squeak, squeak. (laughs) (laughs) It's a Russian ferret! I didn't even think about that! That was my penis. <laughs> That's no penis. Go outside alone in dark and look round haphazardly. 
Then, sorry, I'm laughing at your spelling. <laughs> then we can move to part where I don't have shirt on. We all can admire my 25-year-old tits masquerading as 17-year-old boobs. Your thumbs are acceptable. Hello? Smirnoff wanders around in the dark. Get off my farm. Oh, God, the Republicans. Squeak. <laughs> Go now, Geet. A ferret wearing overalls jumps and murders Smirnoff in the dark. Oh, God! Katerina takes off her shirt and sprints out of the safety of the car. And by car, I mean the luxurious Toyota Previa. And sprints into the forest instead of driving the car away to safety. The ferret gives chase and Katerina trips. Squeak. Okay, pretty lady. You have one chance to live. And become me wife and make all my fur babies and protect this land from being tread on. Squeak. What type of alcohol you're consuming? But light, obviously. Die, dummy! <laughs> Katarina is torn apart by the now communist ferret farmer <laughs> slash Republican ferret farmer. <laughs> A bloody ferret rises. A lot like the alien from the Alien movie. <laughs> Only to be interrupted as an owl carrying a Ford symbol and rainbow colored <coughs> swoops in and eats the ferret. <laughs> the end. <laughs> well, I didn't know I, so, I thought it was supposed to be Russian because I didn't even read the guy I like Russian ferret better. <laughs> <laughs> Russian oddly like states right ferret. <laughs> so so what I interpreted this was as like Russians are making an American movie that's like an eighties horror thing. Yeah. Like I, I thought it was like a perfect parody, so it was doing Danny's being the Russian ferret, it's like me American ferrets farmer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I was uh, it was an attempt to do a play on the classics where old people play high schoolers so yeah. we can show them naked. <laughs> so boobs? And then killed by darkness animal, which turns out to just be a good old ferret farmer. Excellent work. Thank okay, you. Dan, thanks older. for being our our usual guest here. Anything to to plug for us before we before we start wrapping up? Uh, follow me on Twitter. Let me give you my new handle. I think it, it might be the same thing. It might be I am Scuzzlebutt on Twitter, and that's really better. <laughs> Does Garth come at, after the old one? Uh, I'm legally not supposed to talk about oh, that. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yes. <laughs> okay. But um, you're still here and you're enjoying the our terrible scripts. Keep subscribing to our um, bring in the horrors episodes. We'll keep bringing you um, um, some guests. Could be Dan. Could be some others that they're interested in talking about different types of horror. Us writing our own scripts and just having some fun. And then we're working on behind the scenes to to write this script. And then we'll also document once we actually get something written the process of trying to get it published and kind of go through like the misery of trying to get something <laughs> bought by someone, which obviously no one's going to buy our trash. We got a strike while the writer's strike is on. We could be good scabs. Actually, what a wonderful timing <laughs> behind all of this. But okay. Thank you for, uh, for listening. If you're still listening, subscribe to us on um, YouTube or Spotify or any podcast places. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. Um, email us if you want to join in the fun at podcastwastepotential at gmail.com. Shane, take our horror asses out of here. Listen to the Batman. I made that. <laughs> oh, 
that's when the horrors come in. <laughs> Bye, y'all. <laughs> what an outro. Oh, man, we're so screwed. <laughs> this girl survived this <clears throat> podcast for eight days by herself. They put her fucking in charge. <laughs> wrong, wrong movie. Shane, I thought your script was going to be just... Just be an orgy at the end. That's all it's going to be. Like a ferret comes in and starts fucking everything. I am going to be an actor in my own film. Alright, Danny, do you sound like you're filming inside of a fucking aquarium? Yeah, that's what I envision. That's my whole game plan. Hmm. Thanks, uh, okay. Steve Zizou. Let me introduce it. Alright. Are we starting? Do I, do, I, do I record yet? I don't know. Are we starting? <laughs> I hate you. Alright. Oh, you're turning in the run here, Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> After editing one podcast.